This is the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. If you're curious about innovations in ag tech, rural entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, or food security, this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hey there, thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. Happy 2019 to those listening right when this comes out, when it publishes in January of 2019. Uh, We're starting off this new year with a bang. I have for you four episodes coming in a row all about farm-level adoption of new technology. So if you're a producer, sell to producers, work closely at the farm level, and and really in any capacity, I think you're going to find these episodes extremely relevant and valuable for you. Uh, Specifically, we're talking about tools to manage the modern farm business. I'm really pleased that Granular has decided to partner with me for today's episode and the three that are going to follow, and uh, very excited to share all four of them with you. Now, today we have two farm managers on the show, uh, Justin Dahlgren and Eric Thalkin. Uh, both are farmers in Nebraska, uh, but they farm in different areas and actually had, had never met each other before we hopped on this interview together. Uh, what I think you'll find especially interesting about this, this interview is how they are looking at their farm operations as modern businesses, uh, how they view data and new technologies, the, the fact that both have hired or are considering hiring a data manager for their farming operations, uh, and really just how they differ in many of their approaches to, to growing their businesses. Really, really cool stuff here. Enjoy this conversation with farmers Justin Dahlgren and Eric Thalkin. So you two are, are both farmers in different parts of Nebraska, uh, but, but haven't had the chance to meet each other, at least interact very much in the past. Uh, but really glad to get kind of two different perspectives, uh, even though you're both from the Cornhusker state. Are, are you both Husker fans? Of course. Of course. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's start, Eric, let's start with you. Just give us a, a rundown of your operation. Uh, yeah, we are an operation that straddles Seward County and Saline County in uh, southeast Nebraska. We are mostly irrigated, uh, 2,300-acre farm. Uh, we recently made the last year of our transition to organic. And so for 2019, we will be 100% organic operation. Uh, we rotate a lot of cattle through, um, use a lot of cover crops, and um, hopefully implement a technology in a, in a positive way on the farm. Very cool. And Justin, how about you? Yeah, we're, we're um, uh, farm down in South Central Nebraska. Got uh, 8,000 head feedlot tied into it with the farm. And grow mostly corn and soybeans, uh, and basically all the all the corn goes through the feedlot. So that's kind of our main goal. There is we're big enough to be able to feed our own feedlot. Okay, excellent. And so you're able to to use all of the grain that you produce usually. All the corn, all the corn. I mean, it, we used to be net buyers for the last couple of years with bumper crops. We've had to sell just a little bit, but we try to consume all of our own corn. We have to sell the beans, obviously, but we try to consume all the corn. Okay. And, and Justin, on a scale of one to 10, with one being kind of the most resistant to any sort of change and 10 being kind of early adopter status, where, where would you put yourself? Uh, I think we'd probably fit along that around a seven. 
and it, it really kind of depends. Um, if you have, if it's small scale, to if we can scale it, we're really adoptive and willing to try things. You know, if we can try it on a few acres or without a large capital investment, we'll try just about anything. But we we pull that back, I guess, if you get to a larger investment. Gotcha. Does that can, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Can you uh, flesh that out a little bit more, though, about, you mean, if how do you determine if you can scale something? And I guess if you could give an example of something that just doesn't fit your operation. Okay, like well, one that one that could fit that we're looking at doing this year is using uh, moisture sensors. I mean, moisture probes that go in the ground have been around all the time in our you know under irrigation. Well, some of these new ones are now being able to test for uh, nutrients as well. We put a lot of nitrogen on through the pivot, so for us to manage how much nitrogen to better manage our nutrients is a really key factor that we're trying to work on right now, and so. It's a, you know, to try it on a few acres or try a couple of these probes out, it's really not that expensive, you know, to try just once or twice. Now, if we were to try the whole farm, it'd be very expensive. So we can scale that, right? So for us, if we can do anything on a partial scale, at first, we're very adaptive and willing to try a lot of new things because we can then scale it up later if it proves itself to work. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, it's kind of like you, I'll try anything once as long as it's, you know, sort of low, low barrier to entry. If you, if you give it a try, but yeah. then, and then once you prove it works, spread it across your operation, then it's yeah. worthwhile to you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we focus kind of like a lot of on a risk reward, you know, what's the risk. Okay. If these moisture probes don't accurately track nutrients, Oh, we're out a couple thousand bucks. You know, we didn't really risk that much, but if it does work out right, it could save us, you know, $20 worth of nitrogen per acre on, you know, thousands of acres. That's, that's worth, that's a big reward every year for right. So that's kind of our main process on how do we figure out, you know, on, on what technologies we try. Right. That makes sense. And, and Eric, uh, you said you all are going hundred percent organic. Tell, tell us about that. When did that start and, and how, how was that decision-making process? Well, this is, this is my fourth year managing the farm coming up in my fourth year. And, um, I came here through extended family and, and I had been working as a sales agronomist and I'd seen a lot of organic operations. Um, and so we, there was one quarter that was alfalfa that we can grow organic right away that first year. That was four years ago. And one quarter that we transitioned is one of the better quarters on the farm. And that, that transitional quarter was, was the second best as far as yield and profitability goes on the farm. And so, um, some some hand wringing and uh, some sleepless nights. We decided just to go all in and and take the hit because the, the transition is um, is very capital intensive to to say the least. Um, very stressful. So so we decided just to go in um, all at once. Transition to farm all at once after that first year, and so. Um, and so that, that's how we got to this year being hundred percent organic and, and the decision, you know, you never know when you make a decision, how it's going to turn out, especially one that, that plays out over years, but it looks like we, we did make the right decision. We've got it. Um, we've got the production figured out pretty well. Um, th there are other things, um, like record keeping, things like that, that we're, that we're starting to understand and using tools, um, to help us with that. But that's that's the short story of how we got to this point. And I thought with organic, you had to have like three years where uh, you documented not using any, you know, of the of the prohibited 
uh, applications. Yeah, that's a, yep, yep. And that's a, that's, that's 36 months from your last prohibited application, which for a lot of guys will be like a, a nitrogen, like pre-tassel or a tassel or a fungicide. Um, and so you could plant an organic crop inside of that 36 months, as long as it's not harvested in that 36 months. So basically your first two years will be a transition and your third year you'll be planting inside of that 36 months, but you'll be harvesting outside of it. So on your third year, you'll get to harvest an organic crop. Okay. And is this your family's operation you went back to or what brought you from sales agronomy back to a farming role? Um, I wasn't a super good salesman. I, I was, um, I, w- I was always trying to find the, the least cost solution and, and really trying to understand the operation as a whole. And, and I was simply selling fertilizer. And so um, the, the, the farm enticed me. And this is my wife's extended family. We, we knew each other from like Memorial Day holidays and stuff like that. Um, and so, so it, it's an extended family farm. Okay. And, and what would you say that same question I asked Justin earlier, which is on a scale of one to 10 with one being most resistant to change and 10 being an early adopter, where would you put yourself relative to other farmers? Uh, I would say that we are, uh, you know, pretty high, maybe a seven or eight, uh, sometimes nine. Um, I, I think maybe we can be, uh, maybe try too many things and not not always see the benefit for what it is maybe not give everything a perfect shot so to speak mm-hmm. um but but the farm has been involved like in pivot telemetry and things like that for quite a long time so they were early adopters and stuff like that um early adopters with weather stations and soil moisture probes um uh, everything that has to do with precision planting and things like that the farm was was well ahead of the curve on some of that stuff and uh, as as a lot of guys probably know, when you were the, you know, the one of the first few out, sometimes you know the technology isn't totally proven yet, and you can you can get burned a little bit. So I I think maybe we err on the side of maybe going going too fast sometimes. Hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah, we're we're high on that scale. Okay. And and Justin, I don't think I asked you. Uh, your operation is it a family operation? Yes. Yes. It's been okay. in our family for quite a few generations. So let me ask you both of this. Uh, someone shows up at your farm. They have the next latest and greatest that the, they're going to, you know, improve your margin and it's got great ROI. It's a software as a service. Uh, you know, what, what's going to be your big questions? I know that's a vague question, a vague example, but I mean, how are you looking at which new shiny objects to, to give the time of day to? Tim, Tim, that happens every week since someone walks through and tries to sell something shiny on the farm. Um, geez, I'll, I'll let Justin take this one so I, I have a minute to think on it. Do, um, do, you, have, do you have a ready it, answer, Justin? Yeah, yeah, this one I, I've uh, thought about. Uh, for us, it's pretty simple. If it's not hardware-based, you know, if I don't have to make a, uh, a large expenditure, I dig into it right away. And, you know, if I can, if I can vent it to be, you know, to work, then we utilize it or try it on, if we can try it on a small scale. Um, if it, if the technology, like, you know, to upgrade yourself to the latest and greatest precision planner, you're going to spend some money, you know, um, you know, and if you're someone like us running two planners, you're going to spend a lot of money. And that, 
you know, to some people that may or may not pay. I mean, for us it pays, but um, so we, you know, we really have to look at those. But if it doesn't have any hardware and it's more of like a subscription service, something like that, to where I can get my money back out of it or I'm not really risking that much, I'll look into it and we'll probably try to find a way to, to implement it or try it if it works or if it has any, you know, ground to stand on. The real challenge becomes when it, you know, it's going to take a larger outlay of capital. Um, you know, maybe it's the latest and greatest spraying technology. I mean, it, it could be as simple as a piece of equipment, but the added technology in it is hard. Or, you know, one that we're looking at right now that's, that's a struggle is, you know, um, a spraying loading system. You know, it's going to, you know, it's going to cost us, you know, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You know, that's not something that I can just get right back out if it doesn't pay. And so it takes a little more vetting. It, you know, you got to figure out how it works logistically for us. And that's kind of the challenge. But if it doesn't have hardware and we can stop it right away or just do it on a small scale, vet it and get it running if, it, if we think it'll work. I, I take a little bit different tack on this. Um, it seems like we, we were kind of in, I, I don't want to say frenzy mode, but, but willingness to try. And we tried an awful lot of stuff and, and you know, that $2, $7, $5 an acre, you know, we keep trying these little different things and that, that does add up to, to cost per acre and enough of them fell through. I, I, I felt, um, I do feel now maybe I don't, I don't think turned off is the right thing to say, but I I do have to admit that I feel a little bit of fatigue with it all because I've seen a lot of different products here on the farm and I, and I'd put a lot of them into the category of really interesting, but not useful, I guess. Um, you know, r right now we're thinking about adding grain storage and, and doing improvements to infrastructure on the farm where I'm pretty sure I, I'm nearly positive that, that they'll pay off. They have a great ROI. Um, all these little things, they seem to be like, um, almost like, you know, sparkly objects that you know, a lot of people just, they, they can't help themselves, but to try out, you know, look at every single one. And I, I've been, I've been stepping back from that here lately. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a touch bit jaded, I guess. Yeah. And, and I could say that we could be to that way to some extent, because there's some things that, that truly don't work. But if you could think about it and try it, and, and this is kind of how we look at it, if we can try it on like 160 acres, like on one field, right, you know, and, and see if it has a, a place to play in your, in, on your operation, well, then, you know, then that's for us something that we can maybe try um, if we can kind of work through it. But if it's something that you got to try on all the acres or really, you know, to try and do like a profit analysis software like granular on one or two fields is just like logistically impossible and to to show that it would work or pay so then you got to kind of vet it a little bit more but if, it, if we can try you know like you know i mean if you could try like say some of the new satellite imagery like within circa you know maybe you're on the fence with it you know you you know you can try it on a few acres and on a few fields for not a lot of money and if it kind of gives you the hope that it might prove itself then it's a lot easier to make that progression because i really think we need to fail and find more things that don't work i mean i want to find things that obviously do work but 
if I only tried two things a year and they both work, I probably didn't try enough new things. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, Eric, but uh, I, I feel like we need to fix um, things. Yeah, every I, year. I, I think I, I think we've tried enough stuff here lately in the past in the past two years that I'm ready to uh, to uh, I don't want to say go back to the basics, but make sure that the basics are are performed. Uh, really well like be the uh be the san antonio spurs of of farming you know just just do everything really well and maybe maybe hold off on some of the sparkly objects for a little bit because because it was really taking a lot of a lot of energy to to parse these things out what's working and what's not and uh i i don't want to say i've just thrown up my hands at it all but but there is there is some some aspect of that um, something like granular that, that, that was, that was, um, that was a near necessity just to manage time, like my time, um, you know, sorting all through all that technology, it does take time. And, um, that is, that is at the top of the list, uh, for me is, is my time because it is, it is limited. And so I have to, I have to draw the line somewhere. Um, and so, and so I'm going to those, to those, um, technologies that are, that are base hits. Um, granular is, was, there has been an obvious base hit. Um, you know, infrastructure for the farm is a definite base hit. I, I, there's very, very good chance that, that we're going to make our money back on those. But, um, I, I just found myself getting too, too twisted up in, in all this, all this, all, all the new and different technology where, um, you know, it was just taking way too much of my time and, and not showing clear, clear results. And, and, you know, failing is, is okay. You, you should, you should work through some stuff. And if you fail, you know, you, at least you learn from it, but, um, you know, it, it was just getting to take too much, too much of my time to sort through all that stuff. I want to pause right here just to take a minute to thank Granular for sponsoring this mini-series on tools to manage the modern farm business. The opportunities that come with increased access to technology and data are changing the way we farm. Here right now from Gina Harms of Cleat Farms in Gearing, Nebraska, on how they're using technology to make better, more profitable decisions. We are a family operation and we grow through relationships with other farmers or relationships with other people and that's how we found Granular. They kind of stand out from the competition because they're more than willing to help. I feel like they have the same values that I do and they really get you up and running before you even start. So it's really set up to be farmer friendly. The features that are in Granular help us make better decisions. So when we're looking at that information and we're making a plan for next year, we're much more confident in what's gonna work because we're able to track what's going on. The biggest selling point to us was you can go by crop, you can go by field. We can look at how much it costs us for fertilizer per bushel. So there's a lot of value there. You can easily figure your break even on the different crops. Granular is an agriculture software company dedicated to building stronger, more profitable farms. With web and mobile apps grounded in advanced data science technology, Granular, an independent subsidiary of Corteva AgriScience, helps farmers make data-driven, real-time business and agronomic decisions with greater confidence. Check out their digital solutions to help you better manage your farm at granular.ag. Big thank you to Granular for sponsoring the Future of Agriculture podcast. 
Cool. And I, I know you mentioned the moisture sensors earlier. Uh, I, I'd like to transition into talking to both of you about just adoption of technology in, in general. Um, maybe for starters, if you could just pick out a, a technology that you have started to implement um, that has made a big impact. And uh, Justin, maybe starting for you, what's, what's one technology that's, that's really impacted the way you guys do business? I'll be real honest with you. I'm not trying to plug granular, but that's probably one of the biggest areas that, of technology that we've worked on is, is data management. That's a big one we've been trying to technology because I mean, farmers have been collecting data for years and we've been collecting more and more, but I don't think we've been utilizing it very well. I mean, I know a lot of farmers in my area who, and for a long time, us included, that got harvest maps printed off every year or yield maps. And, and it was a great thing to look at, but you knew everything that was there and you didn't use them to make decisions and so i think that's one of the big things we're working on now is you know using the data that we pull out of our tractors using the data and putting it into to drive profitability and not only profitability but to also try drive functionality and and longevity in our system you know um to be more sustainable or even regenerative in that sense that's kind of where we've been focusing i guess is you know that's probably the biggest technology for us because a lot of times we get data back, but we can't utilize it. And now we're starting to get to that point. And, and you used a word in there earlier, uh, regenerative. How, how, how would you say that, you know, technology is kind of helping you to become more regenerative? And what do you mean by that? Well, see, I, well, I, I kind of follow the regenerative agriculture movement. And, and that's what we're ultimately trying to go to as our farm. We're not leading producers by names. We're not the Gabe Browns, Ray Archuletas of the world. We're not. And I wish there's times I wish we were. We're a little bigger and it's harder for us to, to make that step, I guess. Um, but ultimately, I think that's where agriculture is heading. And not only that, but uh, you know, a lot of people talk about sustainability. And a quote that I heard one time is, if you want your marriage to be sustainable, you'll probably have a pretty bad marriage. But if you want to be regenerative and life-giving, that's what you want. And that's kind of what we want our farm to be. So. I mean, that's where we're headed and that's what we want to be. We, we're not making steps as fast as I'd like us to, but ultimately we know that's where we're heading. And so if we can take technology, you know, um, and allow us to try new things and, and experiment and make that growth a little bit faster, because ultimately I think that's the only way we're going to be able to farm. You know, it, that might be 20 years from now, but I think regenerative agriculture is the ultimate way and, and it'll be a commodity before too long, because that'll be the only way to produce crops that people will want to consume. Hmm. Very interesting. And Eric, what about you? What, what types of technology are you adopting uh, over there in, in, in the southwest part of Nebraska? Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to go back to, to, the, uh, to the regen conversation here for just one second. Um, that's, that's a big part of what we're doing with our farm management software is where we, we have to keep track of everything just for organic standards. And so granular farm management software is, is uh, what we finally came to. It helps us keep track of everything in one spot. And to prove, to prove what we're doing on the farm and make it transparent, I think that's one of the very biggest things is transparency um, with, with our operations. Um, we're, we're using that information to, to help us with marketing. Like right now, we, uh, we work with Kashi, like Kashi Kellogg Cereal. Um, with the trans through our transitional program, um, they, they, they love the regenerative agriculture, uh, aspect to it. And we're able to show it to them almost in real time. What's, what's going on on the farm. 
so that's that's huge and and I think Justin's right that's where it's going and being able to um to to keep track of your identity preserved crops and present that to a market is going to be huge it is already and I think it'll be bigger um like Justin mentioned farmers have data raining on them um excuse the pun but I mean we have soil moisture we have um weather stations we have pivot telemetry we have accounting, we have um, all the precision uh, uh, data that comes with planting, tillage operations, stuff like that. Um, it's almost impossible to keep track of all of it. And so that's, that's, the, that's the biggest pain point for me on the farm right now is, is sorting through all the data and uh, um, drawing good conclusions from it. Um, because like I said, there's so much there's, you can't keep a track of all the satellite images that, that come over my laptop. Um, and, and so that's, that's really the biggest thing right now. I think we're getting closer to, to good solutions, but we still have a little ways to go as far as putting that all together. I still have, you know, five or six different apps that I have to look through to find out, you know, specific data, um, moving to a, a farm brain so to speak, where, where it's easily accessible and, and maybe there's uh, AI or machine learning that maybe finds some of the more important elements and, and pulls that out, things that I need to know about today. I think that'll, that'll improve efficiency um, immensely. Yeah, I think the data thing is interesting because um, obviously with, with technology recently, there's been more and more information available to you. But you know, there's there's a quote, I think his name is Derek Sivers, the guy that said, if more information was always the answer, we would all have six-pack abs and be billionaires. And it's it's not so much getting more and more information all the time, it's it's how do you use it? And, and so how do you how do you guys manage that problem of making sure that all of this data that you're collecting is actually actionable in some way? Uh, l l let me just say that all the data that we have, it's not, I mean, there's it's not humanly possible to get through all the data and, and find everything that's actionable. Um, I mean, I, I pay attention to things like soil moisture. Um, th that's a really big one. Um, pivot telemetry has been huge for us and keeping track of irrigation th that way has been huge for us as well. Um, like I mentioned, we're an organic operation and, and keeping very close track of everything that comes in and out of this farm, whether it's manure or grain leaving, uh, a planting operation, what hybrid it is, um, if there were any treatments on the field, things that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'll have to piggyback on that. We can't utilize the data today. We just can't. And, and I think part of that's because farmers in general, and, and we're included, we're just as bad as anyone, is we get caught up too much in the day-to-day -to, -day to, to actually spend time and actually focus on the things that really drive our business and impact it. I mean, we spend more time driving tractors than we do analyzing our, our data and trying to make decisions. But one, like an example of some of the data that we're pulling out, we're trying to use, and we're doing tests ourselves that we couldn't do, you know, feasibly 10 years ago without a lot of stresses. Like one is we're, we're doing population tests. If you're going to plant corn or beans, you know, you can plant as many or as little seeds as you like, but the goal is to find the, the correct population. You know, 20 years ago, people used to just go with what the, you know, go with what your seed salesman said. And you'd be amazed at what an extra 1,000 or 2,000 seeds will 
due to your profitability of your operation. And, you know, 10 years ago, we probably couldn't manage that or, or study that really to, with any effect on our farm. You know, we could take the universities, but we couldn't take our farm, and now we can. And it's amazing how much faster we can make progress on our farm when we can do those tests. Using granular as a good example, because I know it's it's uh, it's software that can help multiple aspects of your operation. So, so using it as an example, what process did you go through to learn it? I mean, it, you, it's hard to just wake up one day and be like, okay, now I'm going to totally change the way I manage my farm and I'm going to use this tool that I've never used before. I know it's got to be a process. So could you just uh, paint the picture of what that process looks like? And I think this could be helpful for anyone listening that may need to uh, you know, incorporate some sort of software into, into their farmer business. Geez, you know, I was pretty excited about it because th these are, these are solutions that I was really in need of. And so I hopped on and I started watching all their, their videos, their tutorials. And, th and that's how I started. Um, I probably went a little too fast. I, I started throwing stuff in there and I made some mistakes. Um, I didn't know how it all worked together. It probably took me to get the whole farm in there, it probably took me a solid week and a lot of chats um, with their help team, who, who was consequently very helpful. Um, but I got the whole farm, all, all the information, all the inventory, all the, all the people, all the entities, the land, um, you know, FSA maps, stuff like that, rental agreements, things that way. I, I could get that in there in about a week um, to use it it's, it's constantly evolving and we're constantly learning what it could do. Um, so, so it's, it's an ongoing process. And this year I'll have, uh, I'll have, uh, employees go to their pre-planting meeting and things that way and learn how to use it better. The, the employees actually really, really took a hold of it and, and ran with it, which I was really happy with. I, I think they understood the situation we were in where we need to keep track of all this information and I, you know, me or other people were spending, you know, 20 hours a week, just, just punching in information. And, and, um, so, so it's an ongoing process. We, we recently hired a, a data manager who keeps track of a lot of this stuff. And he's really been helpful because he's really focusing on how to pull value out of it and, and keep track of what we need, need to keep track of. So it's an ongoing pro process. This is our, this is the end of our first year with granular. And so, um, the, I don't want to say we're in our infancy, maybe we're in adolescence with it, but, um, yeah, that, that's, that, that's my experience so far. Now, see, that's really interesting. I want to pause right there real quick. You, you hired for the farm, a full-time data manager. Is that right? It, it, he's a data manager. He, he's, he comes from a farm background, so we could throw him in a piece of equipment. He could plant, he could harvest, he could drive a truck. Mm -hmm. Um, I really needed someone in the office to, 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 to organize things. You know, I, if I go out and I operate during planting season for like two or three weeks, I'll come back and there's just a pile of mail and, you know, correspondence on my desk. You know, there's 150 emails that I need to respond to. Um, he's really been instrumental in, in putting all that together and just organizing the office and yes, organizing the data, his, his, um, his title is the data manager. Um, yeah. Yep. Did, did, did you want me to add any more to that, Tim? No, I, I think that is really, really interesting because, uh, you know, 
yeah, I think most people will be surprised to hear that um, because I mean, you go, you're a, you're a good size farming operation, but it's not like you're the biggest farming operation in North America. And for you to have you know a data manager is pretty cool. Yeah, and like I said, he 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 doesn't spend like forty hours a week just on data. He's you know he does a lot of accounting. Um, he, he does prescriptions and stuff like that. Um, and, and those are services that oftentimes guys do go and pay for, um, like, uh, pre precision seeding and things like that, uh, prescription maps, uh, uh, variable rate, um, nutrients and things like, like that. Like people do pay for those services. So we do have a guy in house who's also very handy in a tractor. Yeah. See, we're looking at the same thing. We, we, like on our just initial step into granular, I mean, I dove head first and just figured it out. I'm heck, I'm 25 years old, and technology doesn't scare me at all, especially a computer. So, dove head first and, and got into it, and and I can safely say that we will be better utilizing of the technology next year after we had all the hiccups because it didn't run smoothly as it can or will run. You know, you just have to learn how to use it with people. But that's the point right now. If, if I mean, if I don't save a significant amount of time next year after kind of figuring out where our pain points are on the system, um, I think we'd look at hiring one too. Um, but yeah. ours would be more data manager and agronomist, you know, because that's where our, yeah. all of our inputs really come from, you know. And if I can tie someone in to do both and pull tissue tests when I need to, that that's worth a lot of money to us and keep that out of my hair. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah, yeah, we, on what's going to drive value. Yeah, exactly. He, he's the same sort of guy. He, he'll do, he'll do soil samples and, and, and do tissue tests and things like that. He did a lot of it for us through a third party this year. And so we, we decided to bring him on just, just like Justin was saying. Yep. Very cool. Well, you're both young guys, got a lot of time ahead of you, God willing. Uh, what, what do you hope to see from your operations in the future? Where, where do you hope you grow in, you know, decades from now? How do you think your operations will look different than they do today? Justin, you can start us off on this one. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> That's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, you know, I'll be real honest with you. If I was to look at, you know, where do I see myself in, you know, um, you know, in 25 years, you know, 25, 30 years where I think we're going to, we're heading, I, I think we'll, we'll be, you know, covering a few more acres than what we are today. You know, I think we'll be covering more acres. We'll continue to grow. Um, I will say though, that our feedlot, which is an integral part of our operation will probably not be here. I don't think it's going to be a thing. I think this regenerative agriculture movement, cover crops, and things like that will become such a big play that uh, grazing animals out on on grass or out on cover crops will be the rotation option of choice, and then you'll grow something like corn or a few other things. But I think that'll be the that's where we're headed. So I don't think we'll have that. And I think the other thing is is, is with that, um, I don't think we'll run much equipment in that time that's where i think we're headed and and to be real honest with you that's something that excites me because i like i really like focusing on our business and i you know i enjoy driving a tractor for a couple of days not a couple of weeks and that's kind yeah. of uh that's my personal personal opinion and i i really think that's where we're headed i think we'll be in a point where a lot of us under a center pivot will have cover crops as are probably every other year rotation 
and and I think it'll you know we'll have less people on the farm and I'll run most of it from a cell phone. That's what I I see, but we'll be farming regeneratively at the same time. Yeah, that's uh that that rotation is is already happening here here on the farm. Um, that that's you our that's to a, do it a little quicker than what we are, but you know that's yeah, part of but, our, but our struggle. It's 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 we are forced to have a rotation, but it is extremely input um, efficient to farm that way. Coming out of a of a of a grazing rotation, your inputs are so minimal. The crop is so efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weed control is so easy that it's that, that's an integral part of the farm. It, and that's, um, that's I'll, I'll take that to the old people though. I'll I'll just relate that to you, and that's where my struggle has been because you're 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 you know to to the older people that are like my grandfather that that's two birds in the bush and he's got one in his yeah. right now to keep doing it the way he has i see that sure. and i think that's where we're headed and but that's kind of part of the reason that we struggle you know some of these things are yep. that's two in the bush and we got one in hand but that's sure yeah we it, get through those hurdles we'll start making a lot of progress yep and and how the farm's going to look um in 25 years, I have to agree with Justin that that we're that we're hard, um, headed down this regenerative road. Um, I, I also see with technology getting better and keeping track of operations and keeping track of impacts that that our activities have on the farm will probably be more visible. Um, if, if I had to predict, I would I can maybe see a scale. Uh, maybe not being paid, you know, everyone brings their corn in for $3 and 50 cents or it's organic for $9, but maybe something, um, in between those two or even above. So you're paid more for your impacts. Um, you know, you could be a, a high impact producer, you know, very high nitrogen, high tillage, stuff like that. And, and maybe your product will be worth less. Than someone who does, you know, less tillage, more grazing, and stuff like that, and and th- that technology is is on the horizon. I, I think I think it's getting close to to um, to rollout. I've, I've had folks, um, you know, um, p- present me with some platforms where we can maybe we can make this work. I don't totally understand blockchain. I got to be honest, but people seem to be pretty hyped up about about blockchain technology and making things visible and maybe getting paid for the, uh, the positive impacts that, that we have on the planet farming this way. Um, I think you're right there. I I think you're right. I think it's going to come quicker than what you think. I really think we're going to, by, by 25 years, I think we're going to hit that and move even further to where like even organic won't be a thing because people will be producing very close to it in 25 years to where it won't have that premium. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, I, yep. I and so it even goes so far past it. Yep, and, and and so right now I'm trying to, like I said, I don't totally understand blockchain or the value that that I'm supposed to get out of it, but um, I definitely want to be transparent and I, I want to keep up because I do believe that's the way that that we're headed. I don't know how fast it's going to happen. Some people think it's going to happen fast. Um, some people don't, don't, you know, think it'll be a ways off, but, um, I, I definitely want to be ready for that. 
Well, guys, I, I want to thank you very much. This has been a really fun conversation. I need to get two guests on at the same time more often because the way you both were able to piggyback on each other. And I think, like I said, the two different perspectives, you're doing things differently, uh, but you both kind of have the same intentions in mind. I mean, you want to see uh, your operation continue to to thrive, you know, for decades to come and, and be profitable. And you're using technology where it makes sense. So thank you both for being on the show. This has been a fun conversation. Thank you so much to Justin and Eric for being on the show. And thank you to you for listening and tuning in. Hope you got a lot of uh, value out of that. I, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And I meant what I said there at the end that I, I think it'd be cool to bring on more multiple guest episodes in 2019. Uh, definitely brought flashbacks uh, from previous episodes in that conversation. Episode number 107, where we had two other farmers from Nebraska on the show, Del Fike and Graham Christensen, talking about regenerative agriculture and regenerative farming. So I, I was remembering many aspects of that interview during during the one we just listened to. And then also episode 110 with Nori, with Alden Donnelly from Nori, the company that's using blockchain to uh, trade carbon credits and try to get farmers paid to sequester carbon. So definitely that last part of the interview there reminded me of that interview with Alden. And we actually talked about that right when we were off the air um, about the potential for this type of technology to add another revenue stream to the farm. So if you didn't listen to episode 107 or 110 of Future of Agriculture, encourage you to go back and try that out. We will be back next week as we continue to explore interesting technologies and its adoption on the farm. Have a great week. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast. If you like what you heard here today, I'd love to connect with you further. Go over to futureofag.com. That's futureofag.com. And let me know a good email address for you so we can keep in touch. Also, you'll be able to check out a ton of bonus content on the blog while you're there. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch another fascinating ag innovator here next week.